The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Refusing to be defined by feelings, temptations, circumstances, other people, or even himself, Dennis Jernigan is defined by his maker. If you're breathing, there is hope. Yes. <laughs> if you're breathing, yes. there's hope. So I don't care what your battle is, be it homosexuality, be it drugs, be it whatever, stop the stinking thinking, <laughs> kick the lies to the curb, put on the truth, and move on down the road. Be who Father says you are. Renewing your mind, next on Life Today. so much for joining us. I'm Betty and this is James. Yeah, and Dennis Jernigan has been journeying with us uh, Long time. 30 years. <laughs> and uh, many people call him the, uh, the psalmist of our day. He re writes incredible praise songs and messages. Great musician. He's been doing our conferences back 30 years mm -hmm. ago. As a matter of fact, he and his wife were with us when we did the first test of a sit-down talk program. And here's a guy preaching in coliseums and stadiums. And all of a sudden, I'm going to sit down by my wife in a, in a living room. And it just it stunned everybody, but it, it stunned me too. But what you need to know, because I'm an, I'm an evangelist, but when I heard the Lord tell me to be a servant to others, not just a spokesman, but to serve others, uh, we went from having hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ a year to millions coming to Christ a year and being one to Christ, and the gospel went around the world. Well, one of the individuals that came in with us and ministered, his life was changed. Uh, he says, I, I came out of the closet for him, so to speak. <laughs> and, and Dennis was, uh, was defeated in the homosexual lifestyle. And when he went for counseling, even at a Christian school, uh, that person put a move on him. So he's very disheartened. But he met a man, uh, a, a layman, who one day said to him, I know who you are, and I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to walk away from you until you're able to walk out of that. And that love led him to deliverance and marriage and nine children <laughs> and hundreds of songs that are sung around the world, praise songs. Well, he's written a book that he thinks is one of the most important things he's ever done in his life. And boy, he's been on one important journey because freedom is there for everybody. Let me, let me just say this to you. If you're not willing to admit I have a problem, then you'll never deal with a problem. If you deny the diagnosis of a doctor that's telling the absolute truth, then you're not likely to find the cure. You're not likely to take the corrective actions. If you change what God says into something other than what God says, then you've put something before God and you've dismissed the reality of a challenge or a problem and the help that can come when you admit there's an issue and he's the answer to the issue. But what Dennis found out is there's a renewing of our mind process because the battle is in our mind. And I just visited with Dennis before we came out here and he already said things to me that, that energized me for you. So I'm anxious for him to share his heart and, and what he wants us to get and see in the book that he's written, Renewing Your Mind. Would you welcome Dennis Jernigan to life today? Glad to have you back, buddy. Good to be back. Thank you. 
Thank you, buddy. Well, I want you to I want you to take us where you want us to go in this brief time frame where you've taken a lot of time to take us on a journey of the renewing of the mind process. But tell us what you want us to hear so our viewers will understand the importance of this process. Sure. A couple of scriptures that really helped inspire the book are very important to me. Well, actually three. John 8, 32, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. We never get to the truth if we don't take the first step truth requires. It's like you said, it's our own honest confession. If we went to the doctor, we know we're going to die. First thing he's going to ask is show me where it hurts. But what if we said, well, what will people think? Walked away and died. That would be foolishness. Well, that in itself is mind-blowing to me, and it set me free in a lot of levels, a lot of ways. But Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Romans 12, 2 tells us to be transformed by the what? The renewing of your mind. People ask me all the time, was your healing instant, or has it been a process? And the answer is absolutely yes. In an instant, I was born again, radically, irrevocably, utterly born again, transformed from an old something to something brand new, a new identity in Christ. One of Dennis Jernigan's personal rules is he does not get to call himself something his father does not call him. So if I do something boneheaded, and I'll say, well, you're such a stupid idiot. My wife is right there. She said, is that who father says you are? Even my kids do the same thing now. It's incredible. <laughs> so I, I, get, I got people involved in the journey with me. And the process looks like this, though. Lazarus, been in the grave several days. Jesus came, called him forth. Lazarus came forth fully alive. But Lazarus was not free. So when we're born again, we're fully alive in Christ. But we're not as free as we're going to be. Because Jesus said something significant to those around Lazarus. Loose from that boy, the grave clothes. If I'd been in the grave for all those, all those days and somebody set me free and gave me life, I wouldn't want to just be content to walk around like a mummy wrapped up in the grave clothes. I'd want those suckers ripped off of me. Mm -hmm. So for, since 1981, November 7th, 1981 was the day of my salvation. I've been walking towards Jesus like Lazarus and asking him to reveal to me the things that used to define me in my old life. Things like anger. For instance, when I was a kid, I didn't understand myself. I was an artsy-fartsy kid. My parents didn't understand me because I was an artsy-fartsy kid. <laughs> so I would have all these moments of frustration where I would get just erupt into angry tantrums. And my mom would say, well, that's just the Bristol in you, meaning I was like my great-grandparents who had fiery red hair. In other words, I can't, I can't help it. That's just the way I am. One of the first things the Holy Spirit began to deal with me on was that anger. He said, son, who told you you were an angry man? Well, my family, Father. But I'm your maker. Who do I say you are? Let's rip that away. See that heart of peace I planted in you? Just be that. People ask me all the time as well, you know, do your choices determine your identity? Uh, no, I didn't get to choose what I was tempted by. Homosexuality to me is just a temptation. It's not an identity. We don't get to choose what we're tempted by necessarily. We don't get to even choose our circumstances, but we always have a choice as to how we respond to any temptation. We always have a choice as to how we're gonna to respond to any circumstance. So I just decided a long time ago, I went on this incredible journey from 1981 to 1993, where I just thought, I'm so fed up with what the enemies brought into my life with the lies, because the battleground is, like you said, it's our mind. So I decided, well, let's just, just take the Lord at his word. Let's really dig into this renewing of our mind. So I, I got radical. I decided I would just erase the board, start from scratch. Lord, I don't know who I am. I don't even really know who you are. So would you show me who you are? And he began to reveal to me things like this. Son, I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God who heals you. You're my son. Your spiritual DNA is my spiritual DNA. You're an agent of my healing. Be that. 
He says, I'm Jehovah Roi, I'm your shepherd's son. You have the heart of a shepherd. He calls himself Jehovah Shama. I'm the God who is always there. I want you to be present for people. Uh, on and on, I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm the God who is peace. I want you to be a man of peace. In other words, I began putting off the lies of the enemy, replacing them with the truth. Great illustration from my own life is I have all these physical wounds that bear truth to a spiritual truth in my life. Oh, way back, it's been 17 years ago now, I was, had a, they shouldn't let me have an implement, but they let me have a tractor. And I was taking my box blade off one day and I was in a hurry and I left the tractor running. Box blade weighs several hundred pounds. It has these spikes called rippers. The, the box blade fell from the tractor early. The ripper ripped through my back leg. And I thought, this is the way I'm gonna die, Lord. My friends are gonna mock the way I die and don't let the goats jump on the tractor because they're gonna surely start the tractor going. I mean, I thought all these crazy thoughts. <laughs> And I managed to get this thing off of me and there was this gaping hole in my leg. I saw my muscle and my tendon and my bones. And I j managed to get to the house. Melinda rushed me to the ER, rushed into the ER and I, I say, I've hurt myself. And they say, well, sir, you're gonna have to fill out some paperwork. So long story made short, Melinda comes in, deals with all the paperwork. Two surgeries later, they send me home, sewing that flesh over the wound and I thought everything's great. A few days later, that wound began to fester and develop an odor. I went back to the doctor. First thing he did was cut away that flesh, leaving that gaping wound. And I said, well, when are we gonna do the skin graft? And you know what he said to me, James? He said, for this type of wound to heal properly, it must heal from the inside out. That's when I knew God, Holy Spirit, was gonna be teaching me some things about the process of healing, the process of renewing my mind. They had me every day, they said, we want you to cleanse this wound twice a day. For a wound to heal properly, it's gotta be cleansed. There's that honest confession. They, we want you to soak this wound in a bucket of warm water and a cup of Tide detergent. I thought, y'all are crazy. They said, no, it's gotta be cleansed constantly. You gotta constantly cleanse the wound. And then when you're through with the cleansing, we want you to take this long strip of gauze. We want you to pack it in the wound till nothing can get in. I said, why? They said, because that keeps anything foreign from getting in there. And then at the end of the day, when you soak it again, we want you to rip that gauze out. And I said, why? They said, because when you rip it out, everything that's dead and decayed will adhered, have adhered to it and it'll come out with it, further cleansing. And they said, by the way, try to make the wound bleed as much as possible. I said, what kind of doctor are you? And they said, no, they said the most profound thing. They said, well, there's life in the blood. Wow. Where have we heard that? Wow. So as I would make that wound bleed, the nutrients would come and close that gap. And I said, Lord, I understand the cleansing. I understand the need for that honest confession. I get that. Lord, I understand the life and the blood, but what has been the pa packing material of the wounds of my life in a spiritual sense? He said, son, when I first set you free and the enemy would try to trip you up and cause you to fall back into your old ways of thinking, what did you pack in that wounded place? Mm -hmm. Oh, gotcha, Lord. What shall I say then? Shall I continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be. How shall I who have died to sin continue to live in it any longer? Micah 7, 8, that's Romans 6, 1. Micah 7, 8, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. Though I fall, I will rise. Though I dwell in the darkness, the Lord is light for me. In every wounded place, I packed the word of God and just like the gauze, I pulled it out, revealing the truth, exposing the lies, revealing the truth and repacking that wound again and again until it began to transform my mind. I've had so much healing in my mind. I've had people in the gay community tell me I'm brainwashed and I agree with them. I've been brainwashed. <laughs> Thought I'd learned my lesson. But God wasn't through. It went through a year of healing with that leg injury, playing basketball with some buddies. Somebody hits, I'm making this incredible Michael Jordan-esque type cut towards the basket. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> and somebody hits me on the opposite leg with a baseball bat and I heard oh. the explosion. Well, at least that's what I thought. 
I fell to the ground, writhing in pain. I said, who hit me? And the, my buddies were standing there looking at me like, dude, nobody was near you, nobody hit you. The MRI that night showed that my Achilles tendon had actually pulled apart, oh like a rope that flares, oh nothing left in between. We had to wait 10 days for that surgery. After I came up from the anesthesia, after those 10 days, after the surgery, the first thing the surgeon said was, Mr. Jernigan, we did not have enough tendon left to put you back together. I said, oh no, and he said, oh, but we fixed you. I said, how did you fix me? He said, enough scar tissue had formed, we were able to harvest it and bridge the gap between the broken pieces. All of a sudden, I have all these physical reminders of spiritual truths. I'm not defined by my past. I'm not even defined by the things that tempt me. I'm defined by one and one only, and that's my maker. And in an instant, I was born again, but the process has been the most incredibly adventurous journey of my life. And I'm still on it, y'all. That's, that's the good news I wanna to bring to the table. Here's the even better news. If you're breathing, there is hope. Yes. Yes. If you're breathing, yes. there's hope. So I don't care what your battle is, be it homosexuality, be it drugs, be it whatever. Stop the stinking thinking. <laughs> Kick the lies to the curb, put on the truth, and move on down the road. Be who Father says you are. Did I answer your question? <laughs> All I can say is if you don't understand glory and truth, you've heard it. Dennis, I just, uh, I just praise God. I, I can rightly say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the journey you're on in Christ. I'm proud of the Christ in you that's manifesting and speaking through. He says he reveals himself in all creation. Heaven and earth declares his glory. You can see him in everything he's doing. You're seeing him in what he does. You're looking beyond the pain and finding purpose. Uh, you see the healing process. You're learning the healing of the mind. You're helping me while you're talking. I mean, you're helping me. You're helping heal things in my life from the time I was a child. I didn't have good seeds sown in much of my life. Uh, I, I didn't. There's a lot of things there that, that are damaging to us, and, and there is a process. And one of the ways that we get on with is get honest and begin to talk, and that's what you're helping. What do you hear, Betty? Well, first of all, we are all on a journey. That's right. And we must not miss a, even an inch of what God wants us to learn on this journey. Well, that reminds I mean, me. it's so important, everything he wants to teach us. Here's great news, Betty, and you just made me think of this. God wastes nothing. Yes. He has not even wasted my greatest failure. Who would have thought a God so good would be able to take my greatest failure, my greatest shame, and turn it into something good for my life and give glory to his own son through the process? Mm -hmm. God wastes nothing, but That's we've right. got to bring it to him in honesty, right. saying, here I am, Lord. And the good news is God meets us right where we are, but he loves us enough to not leave us there. Right. I'm never alone on this journey. <laughs> what you're talking about is, is really taking us into the process that Jesus was taking his disciples through that continued even after he was gone when he sent the other one like him, the Holy Spirit, right. the paraclete to live in you. This is who's been talking to you. You kept hearing this, my son, talk, talking to you. He's talking to you. He may not have always said my son. He might have said Dennis. He might have just said the sentence mm -hmm. and you knew the father's voice, yes. but you're having this conversation and it's a renewing process. And I can see it. Let, let me ask you, what what can people do if they want you to come and, and, and do worship and do some of your incredible songs that are sung around the world? And, and speak to people? Would you like to go to churches yeah. and, and share, go to different groups? Is that something you would like to do yeah. now? Or how would they contact you? What do well, you want them to do? Just contact me at DennisTurnigan.com. That's the quickest and easiest way to remember, DennisTurnigan.com. And, and if they want you to come and share, 
with a men's group, a women's group, a church group, a whole church, a whole city, whatever, you, you'll be available. You'll yeah. pray about it and if time is available, you're going to go. God's Word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If we've who've been redeemed don't say what we've been redeemed from, how in the world are those in the same bondage going to know there's hope? I will tell my story with my dying breath. That's what I will do. Well, here is the book in the bookstores, and you can get it online. Probably get it on your website, too. Mm -hmm. All right. I want to encourage you to get it. Dennis, I can, I've watched this journey. <clears throat> you and I have journeyed together. You've watched my journey. You've That's watched right. Betty and I. See us sitting here. You never dreamed I'd be sitting here. You watched me <laughs> in the stadiums and coliseums. Yeah, don't you believe I'm where God wants me? Exactly. Has it been a kind of an amazing journey, it's hasn't it? It's been a sweet and journey. Millions of people's lives have been affected. They And you, you the same way. I think you're at the greatest time in your life. I'm 74, but I think I'm at the best time in my life. Mm. I think God's going to do more with you than you ever imagined. And together. I, we're going to be adorned in His glory before He comes in glory for us. And that's what Dennis is talking about, just getting dressed up in glory. So people behold His glory and they're drawn to Him. Didn't Jesus say, if you lift me up, I'll draw all men to myself. Don't you want all men drawn to Him? See, He's the one that draws them. It's not church, not religious people. It's Christ revealed in us, through us, lifted up. People are drawn to Him. They're captivated by Him. That's what we pray for. I believe, Dennis, you're going to help us get there. So I encourage you to get the book. Dennis, you know what we do in missions. I know you love it. I know you pray for us, encourage us in it, and I know you're excited about it. Right now, we're going to ask all of our viewers, and I want to send them your book if they'd like to have it, just to say thank you. Send them a book by Sheila Walsh, too. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to listen to the heart cry of a missionary. I want you to listen to that heartbeat. I want you to listen to the sounds of children that are desperate for life. They're still strong enough to whimper or cry. Don't turn away from the cries. Don't, don't turn away from those crying for help. No mother would. Our father would not. Jesus would not. And you and I become the hands of Jesus. We become the answer to the heart cry of humanity, to the needs of others. We do it under the least of these, and this pleases Jesus. We do it to those overlooked, but he didn't overlook them. And he expresses his love through us. And I know he's going to do that through you as you watch and you listen and you obey. You can hear the children crying in this malnutrition clinic, but I've been here too many times. I've seen this too many times. The ones that scare me are the ones like this little child that don't they don't have the energy anymore to cry. In fact, to breathe is almost impossible. The two-year-old child that weighs less than 13 pounds, that has been here for well over a week, a mother who walked from a village to bring her child out of absolute desperation because this child is, it's dying. They've had to wrap the, little child's hands up because its, its skin literally is falling off its body because the body starts to shut down. So his little skin, if he just grabs on his skin, it just tears. This is a reality for way too many mothers in these areas. This child is not lying here because of some terminal disease, something that requires a massive investment in years of medical science. No, this child is lying here dying because 
we didn't do enough because we didn't get to their village in time because we weren't able to take a bowl of food a day, something that costs so little and yet does so much. It heals the heart of a mother. It saves the life of a child. It wins the battle against malnutrition and death. I wish I could be hopeful and tell you that I believe that this child will make it, but I don't. Because children, when they get to this condition, most times don't leave these clinics. But it's not too late for tens of thousands of others that so desperately need your help. You've been listening to Peter Petoris' son, Isak, uh, one of our best friends, weeping over the children of his, on his continent. And uh, he said, I'm tired of burying our children. He said that to me years ago. And there he is looking at a situation where he says, I don't, I don't actually believe this child's gonna make it. But I got good news. Beth Moore prayed over a child like that and heard they're not gonna make it. But that child made it. And not only made it, but went back and played soccer with Beth Moore a couple of years later. So that's what love does. Esau's just being very honest. He's saying when they reach this point, and that's where they've gone to intravenous feeding, that's where they've gone to all desperate measures. And you say, James, who, who makes those clinics possible? You do. That's all part of the mission outreach. We don't have time to discuss every aspect of it. But part of what you give goes to that point of desperation. But what we're asking you to support in mission feeding is feeding 400,000 children that were like those that you saw at the end. Those actually were on the way to recovery because they've been coming to the feeding centers, to the feeding areas where we've set up for all these hundreds of thousands of kids. And that's what we've been asking you for years to give 30, 50, or $100 to feed three, five, or 10 children for the next months. And it works and it changes everything. It saves their lives. So this is what we're asking you to do right now. We're asking you, if you would, just go to our website. You can see it right there on the screen. I want you to go to that website, take your bank card, and make the gift God puts on your heart. Or you can dial the number that's always there as a prayer line. You have a need, broken heart, you want someone to share, you want someone to pray for you or with you. That number's there for you. Right now, it's a lifeline. And I want you to take your bank card and I want you to be an answer to the need of children like that child. And so many, hundreds of thousands that won't get there if we help them. They're gonna have everything changed. Six months turns everything around. We're able to get them back on their feet. We're able to send them back healthy help their families and get them back on their feet. And it's miraculous what happens. And we've been doing it for years. It's effective. Right now, we need to hear from every one of you who can possibly help. 30, 50, or $100, whatever it is you can do. We have some gifts we're gonna send you. We're gonna send you Sheila Walsh's book, How You Live Through the Middle of the Mess We're In. It's phenomenal. And if you make a gift of $100 or more, we're gonna send you the most unique cup set you've ever seen. You're gonna get a cup that when you put your heated drink in it, it's gonna rise and shine. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to watch, but it's inspiring you to do that every day. 
because God told his people to rise and shine with his glory on them. That's what we're doing. We also want you to know the missionaries have told us they've got to refurbish our largest food processing plant where we make all of this food mixture that we're able to take out and distribute. It's got to be refurbished, expanded a little bit. It's going to increase their ability to produce even more food rapidly. So we need a $200,000, uh, let's say, support right now. 216000 they tell me. I'm praying 216 people will make a gift of $1,000. We'll send you that beautiful, beautiful eagle, the determined eagle. So would you please right now go online, call that number, take the bank card, and just make the gift God puts on your heart. Please don't put this off. Lives really do depend on it, and it really does work. Love does not fail. Thank you for sharing it. In impoverished and famine-stricken areas of Africa, children are suffering. The need is great, and without food, they face death by starvation. With your support, you will help feed and care for children in crisis areas of Sudan, Angola, and Mozambique. With Africa facing ongoing food shortages and drought, we urgently need to replenish supplies and come to the aid of 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider an additional gift to help provide critically needed upgrades to our food factory that will increase overall production by a staggering 50%. This is a $216,000 challenge above our normal feeding budget that could help save even more lives. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you in the middle of the mess. In her new book, Sheila Walsh brings insight to knowing the peace and presence of Christ in the midst of life's inevitable messes. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed and care for 10 children, we'll send you Sheila's book plus the Arise coffee mug. This heat-activated mug reveals Isaiah 61 each time you fill it with a warm beverage, a wonderful way to begin your day. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed and care for 100 children, be sure to request our Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. You know, I, I really, uh, I hope you give the $100 or more and get to the rise and shine. When this plain old ordinary cup suddenly looks like that. And you realize that that's what we're supposed to do every day. Uh, it'd be a blessing. Sheila's book, you're gonna be blessed by it. If you want Dennis's book, Renewing the Mind, I'm telling you, it's just, it's amazing. Even the chapter titles just just jump out at, at me. And what a blessing he'll be. Join me and Betty in mm -hmm. thanking God for Dennis Jernigan and saying thanks for coming. Thank you. Dennis, we love you, thanks for sharing. Thank you. DennisJernigan.com, right? That's where you find him. Invite him to come. And if he comes, hey, take care of him. He's got nine kids, okay? <laughs> How about that? God bless you. Thanks for being here.
You are unknowingly signing up for 35 major diseases, including cancer. Start living a healthier life next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.